So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Feature creep, colon. <laughs> Dying. <laughs> That's not the name of this podcast. Start over. <laughs> Building microwaves, semicolon. Um, uh, makeup episode? Makeup. No, that's... Well, no, like this is, we're going to tell you about our injuries today. Yeah, we're going to tell And why we keep promising that we're going to make more episodes and then we don't because yes. we keep hurting ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you, who should go first? Sometime not long after the last episode that we recorded, yes, I got really, uh, really aggressive with some. I think this is the culprit. I got really aggressive with some weeds in my yard. Yes, and I was pulling one that turned out not to be a weed. It was like a tree, and it like kind of didn't give when I pulled on it the way I thought it would. And I kind of, I think I yanked my arm out of the socket. Oh yes, yeah. And so it As was one like does that. And when one holds yeah. on too hard and keeps pulling. Right. Just something's going to give, and my shoulder socket was the path of least resistance. It was the and thing <laughs> that gave. Yeah. And then um, I pulled my nephews like up a very tall, long hill. Uh, well, it's not that tall, but it's very long incline. Yes. And I. I think that didn't help. And so then I had this dislocated shoulder that I was like, mm, this doesn't feel good for like. Just to be clear, I'm picturing like this grassy knoll that you're like dragging them by one arm, like hand. Kind of, yeah. And they're just sliding along the grass, like just like, eh, I don't care. I'm getting pulled. Right. <laughs> they were in a wagon, thankfully, but it was okay. still really hard to carry them up. I'm sure. Them up hill. It was, there were like 100 pounds worth of children. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Dead weight. Yeah, that didn't help. Nope. And then um, I had it put back in the socket, but now it doesn't, it, like, it's much better now, but for the first couple of weeks, it didn't want to stay in the socket. It oh, wanted to come yeah. out because it had spent, like, weeks out. Yeah. And so then it was yes. like, I can just I can just stay like this forever. This is fine now. This is fine now, <laughs> even though it wasn't because it was pinching the nerve, my brachial nerve, and oh, it was really fucking irritating. awful. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, yeah. And also, I slept like shit. So, I had a dislocated shoulder for a really long time. What happened to you? I it, as of today, I'm in yeah. like I'm into like multiple weeks of this being a problem, and like many many dollars spent on physical and massage therapy to fix this. So I had the interesting experience of um, getting an earache from swimming or like water. I think what happened is I was showering. And I got mm -hmm. water in my ear and I was actually um, was house sitting for my partner while she was away. And I was um, I think her shower is much higher than mine. So usually when I shower, I'm a very I'm six two. So most shower heads kind of like hit me in the back of the neck, you know? Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> so like I'm used to like just kind of when I stand in the shower, it's like that's where the water goes. And so I think I just wasn't used to having so much water around my head like most mm -hmm. of the time. And so yeah. I ended up, um, I think I got some water in my ear, which no big deal. But for whatever reason, it didn't come out for a long time. Got infected and it was kind of hurting. And I was like, 
trying to treat it like you can use alcohol like basically you can get the swimmer ear like remedies like you can go to the store yeah. and you can get alcohol drops that are in like anhydrous glycerin that they use yes. to put in your ear to like kind of dry like soak up the water and kind of dry the area out um but i so i use some of those i think that was kind of helping i don't know it was just kind of like still kind of achy and not doing great and so then um i it was starting to feel really good and i was like great this is good because i have this flight to germany for a month like i'm going to germany <laughs> for a month coming up and so i like i got i i was like oh everything's on track okay like great and then it was really starting to hurt again and then it kind of felt good for one day and i went swimming and fuck if that was a bad idea um, oh. like it just really started hurting the next day and it was hurting so bad that i talked to my partner and she has an otoscope which is a ear viewer um uh-huh. you know a magnifying glass for looking in your ear and uh yeah. and she's and she's like oh like let me look at it and she's like oh this doesn't look good i think you need to go <gasps> to the you know you need to get this looked at right away so i and it really hurt so i was like well fuck yeah then i'm gonna go to the hospital I went to the hospital in san diego so yeah. u.s medical system <clears throat> And uh, just go right into the ER, just like check myself in. Wait, wasn't that long? It was like fine. Like the doctor was really nice, and he like looked in there, and he's like, he's like, well, I don't know. Like you could have. He said a couple things. He's like, you could have a polyp. You could have. Um, I was like, well, that doesn't sound good. He's like, yeah, or it could just be like infected. You might mm-hmm. have a ruptured tympanic membrane, which is your eardrum, mm-hmm. um, and fucking every ear doctor says this shit well i've seen two now and they both did the same thing to me where they're just like it's nobody like he was like you know you'll use you'll lose like 10 to 12 decibels of of you'll have like 10 to 12 decibels of hearing loss if you're if your tympanic membrane is ruptured mm-hmm. and i am in my brain like in my mind i'm like like that's it like it's just you popped your eardrum and that's the you live the rest of your life with this popped eardrum right like it's just you know the way it goes like you don't have any more hearing. Oh. I, well i don't know how am yeah, I supposed yeah, to know? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm literally, yeah. this is like, I mean, I'm I'm aware of the structure. I learned about it in biology and like grade school and stuff. But I, you know, mm-hmm. no one tells you whether these things are like, is it like permanent? Is it something that you're going to recover from? What does that look like? Yeah. It's is this like, like you, know, you can regrow a starfish so finally, arm or is this like gone yeah, forever? And I was like, oh, so like, is that permanent? He's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you should get your hearing back once it recovered. It's like, motherfucker. Like, you like, anyway <laughs> way to bury the lead asshole uh-huh so he gives me um so he prescribes some antibiotic drops and he's like these are safe so even if it's ruptured it's fine just use them uh five drops in the morning five drops in the evening and then um i was like well i'm flying to germany in like two days and he's like oh well you shouldn't fly but here's what i'll do and he's like you know and, and that's fair like you really shouldn't yeah. fly if you're having like your because you the pressure can make it worse um, but I wasn't really having pressure issues. Like I, my ears were equalizing. It was just like hurting inside my ear. Anyway, yeah. gave me a fuck ton of mucinex and some other things to like clear out my sinuses so that if I was on, while I was on the plane, like I wouldn't have risk of making it worse. Um, so the flight goes pretty well. I'm like on the plane, like really frustrated with like my ears, like still kind of hurting, but I'm using the drops and they're like, they don't take the pain away. They just clearly they're making the infection go down because like every day as I get closer to my flight, like the two or three days, like the pain hurts less, which is yeah. good. So I get on the plane and I fly here and then it's like, I'm like, okay, like, I, and at this point it sucks. Like at this point I've fully realized I've ruptured my eardrum because I can feel 
like I sneezed a couple times and I could feel the snot coming out of my ear, like in my ear, like I could feel it blowing through the hole, you know? So this is like, if you learn nothing else from our podcast ever in your whole life, know that like the ear, nose, throat doctors are like ear, nose and throat doctors because your ear, nose and throat are like all fucking interconnected. Yes. Yep. Literally like this spaghetti junction of biology in your head and like yes. i this i don't know why i never thought about this before but it makes perfect sense if your right. tympanic membrane is ruptured and there is no longer a wall separating the inside of your head from the outside of your head then the then snot you, goes you, out your ear the snot goes out your ear yes. yeah. yeah so um at this point i'm going to tell more of the story i we should have probably been like hey spoilers or like you know might be a little gross like um <laughs> you know if this isn't for you Sorry. by all means just like change the channel listen to something else fuck off or stay here and like mute it for a little bit or uh go listen to some of our other podcasts can episodes. we interest you in the episode <laughs> called how to do a thing yes. so that no one ever asks you to do it again <laughs> yes that one's very good it's in our, our earlier part of our catalog um <laughs> by all means that one is entertaining and <clears> different <throat> from this one so anyway there i am Actually, also, this is a good point to mention that if you'd like to tell us how you <laughs> feel about this episode, yes. you can email our CEO and founder, Dana, um, and that's D-A-N-A at FCBM.io. I like the idea of being like, man, we just like dumped her personal email out there for people to spam <laughs> like the first ingredients. But, um, but yeah, if you email Dana or if you go to our website, FCBM.io, you can find contact information for Meg and I or for both of us or um, whoever you wish to get a hold of, which I think there's about three. three no, no, Lauren now. Lauren has an email Lauren. address. Yeah. Um, so you can also contact Lauren um, for the episodes that she's on. She's not on today. But anyway, uh, so there I am <laughs> like like feeling like I'm like at this point when I could tell that the that the tympanic membrane was ruptured and I had like this really like positive feedback about it. I was just like really crestfallen i was like fuck like this is uh-huh. it like i fucked my ear and of course i'm noticing this like i'm in the airport like you know this is after the flight's over and i'm like you know i don't have i'm in germany i have like um i did have some data access so i like now i'm like frantically googling like ruptured tympanic membranes like trying of to course. find out and now's where i'm learning that it's like oh this is fully recoverable it really, you know, it's obviously not ideal and it can affect your hearing like, but, you know, you could also recover from it and have good normal hearing again. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling a little bit better. I, um, I, my friend picks me up and we go, uh, off to have some nice times in Germany and Austria is like doing a race in Austria. So we, uh, you know, running a foot race in the fucking Austrian. Wow. Alps. Yeah. Um, 50 kilometers, fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just like really cool, and also like holy shit, wow! Like you're you're doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was fun. Like I got to go take photos of that, but also the whole time, like also I'm I need to mention like I can't hear out of my ear, and also right. what's happening is that the snot is coming out of my sorry the mucus membranes are excreting mucus inside your sinus passages, and now mm-hmm. some of it's leaking into my ear, and right. so it's slowly like getting boogers right it's getting fucking boogers in my ear which i can't you can't really get at you know like they're deep down in there and um and this will be important in a little bit so so i'm like i really can't hear out of this ear and it's really frustrating and upsetting because it like also hurts and i'm like straining to hear what people Mm -hmm. are saying 
and I'm just feeling really distracted. And, and since it's like that kind of like slow building pain, it's like each moment I'm not like, oh, this hurts more than the last because it's been over a couple of days. I'm just kind of like, oh, this still sucks. Um, but I wasn't really realizing like how miserable I was. So because you getting used to it. Yeah, I'd kind of gotten used to it. So yeah. we get back to Dusseldorf where um, I'm staying for most of the trip and uh, with my friend and he he like he's like, well, you know, you can see a doctor if you want. Uh, he so he's um, a pilot and he's flying for an airline and um, and so he like goes off and flies for this company. And so one of the things I would like, so I'm here watching his dogs as well while I'm you know, while he's doing that. So, yeah. um, so he, so he does the race. We like hang out, get to catch up, then come back to Dusseldorf. He goes off for a week while I hang out here and work and, and watch the dogs. And, you know, and it's just like, and I've got other friends here in Dusseldorf who haven't seen me since because the last time I was here was right before COVID. Right. Yes. We have done podcasts from Germany. Well, you in Germany and me here yes. before, right. except I think I was still in Yuma. Yeah. I think you were still in Yuma. Or we had just left Yuma to come here. I can't remember, but two it was right before, literally like my flight out of Dusseldorf was like they're shutting down airports, and I'm walking through the airport yes. as it's like this is like being said. Um, so uh, anyway, I I get to here, and the we and so these other friends of mine are connecting on you know we're messaging, and I'm like kind of excited, and like I go out. There's also also, outside of the house where I'm staying on this street in Dusseldorf um, is this festival or a fair that hasn't been, been held for almost, this is the first time in like <clears throat> in two years or three mm -hmm. years because of COVID. Is that the Cookie Monster Festival? No, it's just a, um, oh, no, that was festival or whatever. That was in the, that was, last time I was here was during festival and I was here in um february but mm. now it's just this like this sort of street fair that has like it's like a classic like fair like it's got um roller coasters and big Fun. like rides and you know like funnel cake like things i mean mostly fried <laughs> schnitzel um lots of schnitzel uh, the german version <laughs> the german of funnel cake yeah well <laughs> little bits of meat but yes sure <laughs> schnitzel is uh yeah i didn't um, know schnitzel had meat in it how do i not well know schnitzel schnitzel is like that i think it's that like little bit of sausage it's like little like there's bratwurst like oh, bratwurst. schnitzel is meat yeah schnitzel is meat, meat in it yeah it is meat um oh. Anyway, I think. Anyway, uh, so so they're like all excited. They're like, "Hey, like, let's go check out that fair." Oh, but the fair. So we get into town, and we can't even drive. But that was a cool part of the trip. So back up before we talk about the pain in my ear. Uh -huh. um, I got to drive. Uh, so I got to drive. Um, we met uh, my other friend who is. Uh, my friend's wife so the couple mm -hmm. um, she was working in Stuttgart and so we met in Stuttgart from Austria like we picked up in Dusseldorf drive all the way to Austria do the race then drive back to Stuttgart where we're picking up an extra car because her car because she's going back to the states to see family and uh -huh. so I'm driving her car back so I got to drive on the Autobahn which was really cool like driving you in Germany did! is very cool yeah how yeah. fast did you go um her car doesn't go that fast, but I think I've been 190 kilometers, which is pretty fast. Like, ooh, um, let's look that up. That's uh, 
Well, you can you can Google that while I keep telling the I'm story. I'm Googling it. It's uh, 118. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, it's it's pretty fast. Um, it's not a, quite as fast as we went in the Camaro, but it's close. No, no, but it's legal in certain areas. And it's really interesting yeah. how I one of the things I'll, we'll talk about driving in Germany in a minute. But coming back to this <laughs> um, this earache, like so, I'm, yeah. you know, I, I'm actually feeling pretty good at this point, like driving back here. Um, see my friend and uh, see my friend's wife, also my friend. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, catch up. Then uh, come back here, and then he leaves, and so I'm here for a week. And so when we come back here, there's this fair, and because of it, their neighborhood where they live is like all of the roads going into it are shut down. And I don't mean like oh. it's hard to drive on them. It's like they put these steel posts into the ground. They're just bolted in, like ready to go, just can't drive in what? here. And the only ways to get in are like these like specific control points, and we have passes to do it, but everything's in german and everybody speaks german and people speak pretty good english here like it's that's kind of wild like they can just like militarize a well it's it's more like um like it's it's for the residents right because it's to keep the people out pe people from parking in your like just destroying the neighborhood while this this festival's going on so oh, like we can come I and totally go get that. yeah but yeah. like did they install them specifically just for this thing because it sounds like they're just I, like in I, the I was looking and i noticed most roads have these there it's sort of just like that's what i'm saying though. like they can just be like oh we're gonna close this area and like this is where the posts go to stop this like road closure like to close this right road it's cars. like okay right in this scenario it's like oh it's beneficial and helpful for the residents of this neighborhood not to yes. have cars going in and out and like right. trashing all the shit during this festival yeah. but like that's not the only reason you can use those oh sure sure yeah that's terrifying yeah like, oh, everybody's but, just all of a sudden immobilized but I don't think, I mean, the impression I get is like they, that just would not occur to anybody here. Like they wouldn't do it that way. Like it's, they're very, Germans are very rule followers. They're like, this is our government and this is how it works and we all follow the rules and we've agreed and this is the social agreement and this is how we're doing it. Like they don't cross the road if the light's red. They yeah. just don't. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the night and there's no fucking cars coming. They just wait. Just oh everybody to a T. Like I it's would not very last long rare. In this country. We can't move there. I'm not yeah. a rule follower. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll we'll come back to that. So okay. I like it's kind of chaos. So we get you're here. in the scary, like trapped in rat maze during the thing. Yeah, we get we get parked. <laughs> we come into the house, but literally right out front of the house is just chaos. Like really loud cars honking, people trying to park because the street one side of their house faces this street that's like full of public parking for this festival. And mm -hmm. so it's just nuts and insanity and people shouting and German at each other and, you know, <laughs> honking their horns. I and would doing be laughing shit. so hard. Uh, it's very I... funny, except that like I have this earache, right? And the more sound like it gets irritated by like listening to sound. So finally, like. I'm feeling okay on the Thursday, like after a week of toughing out and using the drops and hoping that like things are getting better, which I thought they were. And one day mm. I, I pulled this like big old goober booger out of my ear and suddenly I could hear better and I felt ha! better. I was like, this is amazing. And then that was the day that um, some of my friends are like, Hey, we're going to go to the festival. It's like Thursday. It's great. Mm -hmm. Like there's not as many people. I was like, cool. So I meet up with them. Go to the thing. It's fine. My ears still kind of bother me. The next day, my ear just really fucking starts to hurt. And oh, that's God. when it was just like, I basically 
spent like three days like kind of just laying on my side like trying to like keep right and so then and that's why i missed the last time we were going to record a podcast well i mean this has been going on for a really long time yeah yeah because you and i were going to podcast and then i remember when this first started you were like oh i just need to lie down and we were kind of like joking like oh it hurts so bad but i like totally know know. (laughs) like i totally know what it feels like to have a permanent headache and mine started in my ear (laughs) like that's how i got it the first time was it started in my ear and i was like i have a fucking maybe i have what you have no i don't think oh my god yeah. I hope not. But if no. they, if you do, just take the acyclovir. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> don't let so, them talk you into MRIs and shit. You don't need no. that. You just need some antivirals, it turns out. Just a pill that costs next to nothing. Right. So amazingly, Ryan is like, he's like, hey, just go to this uni clinic. So this universe yeah. this teaching hospital. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. So I go and mm-hmm. um, I use his name. It doesn't matter. Nobody knows who this is. My friend. Um, yeah. Anyway, so he he's like, yeah, go ahead. I so I borrow his car. I go there. Um, he's still out of town flying, and uh, mm-hmm. and so I I go and I get there and I pay one hundred and fifty dollars, essentially one hundred and fifty euros. Right now, the dollar and the euro is like pretty equivalent. Um, yeah. So I get the i I pay the one hundred and fifty dollars. They're like, and it's so funny. They're like, we're really sorry. Like, we can't take your insurance here. And I was like, okay, but like, how much are we talking about? When they were like one hundred fifty dollars, I was like, that's like like three doctor's visits with copays like i was just gonna say that's practically a doctor's visit with copay yeah like it's i'm like great okay like mine this is i won't even bother to wrestle with my insurance about this great here's my money so i go in and i i wait around for a little while and i got there at nine and i left at two so i definitely like spent the good part of my day but like also i didn't make an appointment show up to an appointment i just showed up and said hey my Mm -hmm. ear hurts take my money and by two o'clock i was out of there like nice pretty good considering what they did so what they did was um this woman uh this doctor she uh she cleaned out my ear well she looked in it and she's like all right well i'm gonna have to clean it out so she had this like vacuum thing and like sucked out all the just everything it's not and it felt who knows what fucking amazing like clearly I was like a lot of the pain was just from like I think it was just like impacted in there and all yeah. f- full of shit. Um yep. so she cleaned all of that out, already felt amazing. She had a look at it and she's like, clearly, you know, it is very infected. Um first she so she sent me to have a hearing test where they did a full hearing exam and they have this tool to test the um like test the flexibility of your eardrum. So it like uh-huh. tests the pressure. Like it kind of sure. It's like a sound wave, I think. I'm not exactly sure how it works, but basically it was like imagine like a um a foam earplug with a little hole in it and there's like a constant tone that you hear and then mm. they like make a seal and then it does a measurement um and I'm guessing it does like some kind of ultrasound or some kind of like measurement sure. pressure. And so um she does the measurement. She's like, you know, does the the frequency hearing test and the volume test and then um and then I come back and talk to her and she's like, yeah, like you've definitely, it's pretty bad. Like I've lost like a lot of hearing in my left ear. Um, fucking again, right? She's like, looks at it yeah. and she's like, yeah, you've definitely lost a lot of hearing in this ear. It's pretty bad. Just uh, that. Nothing about like, don't worry. Hey. It'll come back it, when it heals. Yeah. Like you have a good chance of, so I ask her and she's like, oh, 
Well, yeah, like we would expect you to recover most of your hearing. Like it should be okay. Like, you know, no guarantees, but it should be okay. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's all I want to hear. Like, I want to know, like, am I fucked or is this like something that you would expect to recover? So, right. um, so again, this, <laughs> this is ENT's commonality apparently across the board there. I mean, of my uh. sample size of two, but anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I guess I didn't actually see an ENT when I was in the States because I went to the hospital. I went to the ER and they were just like, here you go. Here's some drops. Good luck. Um, yeah, they don't actually. Which they didn't give like, me the drops. They were like, here's a prescription for drops, which I couldn't even get filled until the next day. Mm-hmm. So here I'm in the hospital. Or I'm in that hospital, like in Germany, in the hospital. She's she's like, OK, here's what we're going to do. We're going to shove this like this piece of like tissue that's like impregnated with am- antibiotics into your ear. It's kind of this waxy piece of tissue. It's like mm-hmm. we're going to shove this in your ear. And you're going to leave it in there for two days and then you're going to come back and I'm going to take it out and then I'm going to look at it and see how it's doing. And I was like, sounds amazing. So she shoves that in my ear um, and she's like, I'm sorry, you won't be able to hear very well. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I've been spending like a week and a half not hearing. Two more days sounds great. It already, already the pain is like really subsided a lot. So I'm feeling way better about that. And so I, um, so she shoves it in there and sends me on my way. So I paid the $150 for this visit. I'm thinking, oh, okay, another $150. No big deal. This is still a good mm-hmm. deal. No, no, no. She's like, just go make an appointment at the front and they'll fill, like, go out to their like little reception desk in this part of the hospital where the ENT works. She's like, go out oh. there and fill out this, you know, just tell them you need an appointment and they'll schedule you. So once I paid the $150, I was just in. That's it. For this treatment, I so Whoa. I went back. It's like retaining a doctor, like for whatever from this point forward, whatever. Like, yeah, well, like so happens, go, right? You just pay. You paid the money, and they're like, "We paid this much money. We're gonna fix this thing about you. Like, there's no yeah. more billing. The billing is done. You've done that. <laughs> now you get fixed." And right. so I like go back, and uh, so I went back today, and they pull the plug out, and they look at it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's still a little infected, um, but." we're going to leave the plug out and give you these other drops. And so they give me the drops. Um, and now I've been using those, but it's like at this point, like as soon as I went, like my pain stopped, like that was the main thing. They're like, you know, how do you feel? Great. Okay. Yeah. Like manage everything is livable. Fantastic. Um, and so now I'm going to go back in five days mm-hmm. and that may be the last visit, but either way, like I don't expect to pay any money. Oh, in all of this, like I got a COVID test, like a, a PCR <laughs> COVID test, yeah. you know, because they're like, oh, you need a COVID test in order for us to see you because, you know, we need to make sure everybody's in the clear. Like, yeah. it's just all of these things. Anyway, it was really nice also meeting with them because they like they look at everything. They're like, OK, mm-hmm. let me just check your other ear. Let me check your, you know, your sinuses and throat. Make sure you're feeling OK. Um, anyway. Yeah. Fantastic. So. It was making me feel really jealous of uh, other countries and their medical systems that we Mm -hmm. we, uh, don't have. But America, fuck yeah. So, you know. Yeah. I have some good news about a longstanding medical issue that I had. Yes. You know how I had that cracked molar? Yes. Well, it's been several months since that cracked molar was like sealed up and like, you know. Yeah. Repaired. Yes. That fucking swollen node that I've had underneath my jawbone for yes. like however many years. However, however many years it's been since I got a cracked molar. Yeah, it's gone now. Oh, that's amazing. Finally. But here's the fucking thing. Yeah. I was just talking to my cat's vet about this because my cat is now diabetic again. So we're back on that uh, fucking train. Yes. 
Yeah, of course you are. Um, so uh, I was talking to my cat's vet, Dr. Brothers, and I was explaining to him that I couldn't quite figure out. We, we were talking about how we can't figure out why my cat has this swollen part on his neck. And we're thinking it's cancer. My oh, cat yeah. is elderly. So this yes. would not be out of the question and is not necessarily like shockingly bad news. Right. Um, it's like so not out of the question that we're not even probably going to take a biopsy of it because we're like, well, if it's cancer, like, I don't know, we're not going to like put him through chemo. Right. He's like 20. Yeah. So it wasn't like Chuck who was like 17 when that started. Anyway, whatever. I'm not doing another cat with chemo that was fucking brutal and hellish. Yeah. So I was talking to him. I was like, oh, you know, he also has problems in the ear on the same side as this like weird lump that he has now which uh -huh. doesn't makes it so it's impossible for us to rule out the possibility that his persistent ear infection has caused some kind of a subsequent problem that is manifesting in a lump on his neck oh, right and i okay. was talking to dr brothers about how i it could also be his teeth because you know he has bad teeth because he's really old and if he had some kind of like a tooth infection that could cause a big hard lump like that as well. And I was like, yeah, you don't say like I also had a uh -huh. fucking like latent infection for like, I don't know, three or four years that no one would listen to me about because yeah. like they just didn't believe me for some reason. And so I finally got this tooth fixed and lo and behold, three months later, all of the swelling, all of the pain, all of the shit that was going on, the like swollen node that would never go away and your nodes like swell when you have infections yeah. like yeah. that's what they fucking do. Yeah. And I'm like, it would seem to me like I tell all these dentists and doctors I see, I'm like, it would seem to me since I have this like permanently swollen gland right here and this like, no, you can feel them right there that that ind indicates to me Something that there's an happened. infection somewhere. Yeah. Right. And they were all like, no, no, no. And so I'm talking to my fucking vet about this and he's like, oh, of course you had a swollen node because you probably had like an infection from the cracked tooth. Oh, and I was like, yes, <laughs> God damn it. Why do you understand this? And people doctors don't. Yes. Yeah. God uh, damn it. I love that vet so much. Yeah. Like I don't <laughs> I I have no plans to like ever date anyone ever again if Damon suddenly dropped dead or something like that. Yeah. But Dr. Brothers would be a contender. I have no idea what his situation is. I'm not gonna look into it. That's totally unprofessional. No, I, I'm just I know saying, what you're saying like this is I, a human right. being I actually like who yes. demonstrates like critical right. thought with the type of ease that makes it seem obvious and yet no one else can do it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, he's pretty fucking rad. But That's yeah, funny. so my like all this like I can touch the underside of my jaw without like screaming now. That is amazing. It's all coming together. Right. It just took me like I had to basically like become a neurologist uh -huh. and then like a dentist. Yes. Yeah. In order to like say the magic words to the right people to get them to take me seriously about these things. It took me seven fucking years to get these things resolved. I am forty two. Yeah. <laughs> this started more more than half a decade ago i mean uh, my god like the what thank you for this um fascinating lesson in the cultural medical differences between the united states and germany mm -hmm. yeah. yeah well i am glad to share it and i am very uh i'm i'm glad to have experienced it i mean it's definitely in some ways, I'm really glad that I was flying out here because I wonder what my situation would have been had I not flown out here. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I suppose, you would, yeah, like, you probably would have would have happened is I would have like gone and I my doctor is actually really good. I probably if I talked to my doctor, she'd be like, "Here's the ENT you should go see," and and I would have you know 
ultimately got there. But the but the thing is like it probably would have taken me a course of like three or four days as opposed to like one morning walking into a doctor's office. Well, I mean, yeah, and there's no telling like the a doctor that I saw earlier uh this year like totally completely misdiagnosed me. Yeah, right. I mean, I've been misdiagnosed now from like major fucking issues twice. Yeah. Well, I find like I was talking to my partner about this and she was like, oh, yeah, like she had pneumonia a little while ago. Well, a couple of years ago now. And it was presenting like really weird. Like she was just kind of like kind of feeling lethargic and tired all the time or yeah. something. I don't remember exactly, but um, it's called walking pneumonia. Yeah. And so she goes to the h- hospital and they like ordered this like $6,000 like scan where like all she where in the end the diagnosis came from like a $40 x-ray which was the thing that she was she's like I you know I feel like it's in my lungs or whatever and they're like we need to do this other thing and then um and so she was like on the hook for like six thousand (sighs) dollars she's fucked anyway um you know, when I went in for this cracked molar thing, yeah. they like routed me to like the TMD clinic, which is like the temporomandibular disorder. Yeah, TMJ. Like, well, yeah, t- oh, TMJ the is your joint. joint. Yeah, but temporomandibular the TM- joint. Yes, but the I went disorder, to the temporomandibular gotcha. disorder doctor, TMD uh-huh. clinic, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And the reason for this is because the like dentist that I was seeing who was like fixing this cracked molar and some other stuff made these like assumptions without talking to me about yes. like what could be an explanation for what we're seeing here. And I have some crazing or some cracking in some of my teeth. And uh-huh. this came from tooth grinding but this is not a problem that i currently have this was a problem that i had when i had my when i had my brain infection and i had like involuntary muscle spasms in my in my the muscles in my head and face right and and in my neck and it caused me to clench up uh, even while i was awake like i'm i'm aware that this happened i couldn't do anything to stop it it was completely involuntary and yes i'm sure that that led to some crazing but they didn't talk to me about the fact that this could have been a thing in the past or do i know if what this is what's going on and so i just like went through all of the referrals they gave me it took weeks and weeks and weeks of my life when i was actively in pain seeking help with the pain that i was feeling at the time and it was like eight weeks later it i finally figure out after -hmm. going through all these doctor's appointments and dentist appointment like oh you guys i'm here today right now talking to you about getting a surprise twenty five hundred dollar tooth guard for grinding my teeth because you guys think i currently grind my teeth right and it took eight weeks for me to figure out that's what they were thinking Uh uh-huh and meanwhile i'm going back and forth back and forth back and forth to all these appointments at the doctor at the uh you're like you're right right you're thinking you're like working your way towards a solution a solution and then they're like and we're gonna give you this like mouth guard and it's for grinding your teeth and i was like what <laughs> like no that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on right now what's going on right now is like cracked molar right i have a cracked molar and it's i think it's infected in like maybe a course of antibiotics would actually be like germane uh-huh. but like no i don't grind my teeth and damon's sitting there with me he's like you don't grind your teeth like we sleep together yeah. I've slept at your house a million fucking times. You've never heard me grind my teeth. Oh yeah. I don't no. grind my teeth. No. I, the I told them I mean, when they yeah. when they 
they finally like revealed to me like oh this is for tooth grinding and i was like you think i grind my teeth in my sleep i was like no 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 no. i have the opposite problem i sleep with my mouth hanging open and i drool everywhere (laughs) like i have to sleep with towels on my pillows and shit because i drool so much so if you can figure out a way to explain these phenomenon simultaneously like that i'm grinding my teeth whilst also drooling everywhere yeah i would love to hear the explanation and if you can find one then i might buy this Uh but in the meantime you have wasted eight weeks of my life right my problem still isn't resolved and i like narrowly avoided like being consigned into spending twenty five hundred dollars on a fucking retainer that you can buy on they're, Amazon they're like, for listen, like eighteen dollars. Listen, Meg. Yes, there is a there is a there is reasoning and there's connection. But first, we're going to need a combine harvester. So <laughs> if you could just get that, let's then we'll explain to you how this works. I know this all looks unrelated, but just trust me. Yeah, this really reminds me of. Um, have you? I forget where you stand with uh like uh what's his name um Douglas Adams science fiction stuff. Have you ever read any of his stuff? Is he the uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yeah, that's the one he's most famous for. So but. that one I don't have a problem with. Yeah. In the majority. Yes. The rest of his shit yeah. is almost unreadable to me because it's so fucking weird and sexist and fucked up and dumb. Like I I'm just wondering which ones those are. Well, like, what are the sequels to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? They oh, you terrible. just mean more of the? Yeah, okay, fine. I yeah, I don't know. I can't. I I'm thinking of. Have you read any of his? Like, he has this other series called Dirk Gently. Detect- yes, holistic yes. detective so, agency. Yeah, yeah, and I think like I don't think a lot of that went over that well with me either. That's fair. I remember yeah. very much liking the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and then yeah. the, after this that, is actually kind of... ironically this all me l- reading them and yeah, like yeah. I didn't even read them. I had them read to me because it was right when I got really fucking right. sick. Yes, and yep. so I was I was taking them in and like I wasn't doing the actual reading. I was just sort of like absorbing the story. Yes, and what I what I noticed about everything after Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was that Uh I disliked it for these very specific reasons. It's sexist. It's like really contrived and like the stories are fairly boring and like lengthy and I'm just like, what is the fucking point? Well, anyway, so um, I I really, there's a a couple shows based on that um, that series that Dirk Gently um, novels and uh, I like the premise of it. I... I read them. I don't remember them being like, like you said, like for me, it was like the first Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Amazing kind of downhill from there. Um, But Mm -hmm. the premise of like this holistic detective agency where it's this like insane guy, like wandering around being like everything's interconnected. I just have to make these connections. And then the case comes together and he has these like very like sort of, um, supernatural kind of experiences right sort of sci-fi weird experiences of solving cases but um all of this makes me think of the way like some of the doctors have been where it's just like you know it's like you're like you're starting along fine and then Mm -hmm. it's like somewhere you take this like hard left and you're like what fucking twilight zone am i in like how is this connected oh you mean i have to you think I'm grinding my teeth. This is not, right. we're not on planet like, earth anymore. I, well, we were at the doctor and I finally like said, I'm sorry. I'm not, 
I have to be honest with you. I have no yeah. idea why I'm here right now. Right. Like, what does this have to do with these other things? I, yeah. it's, it was super weird. I think what ended up happening is that the person who was trying to help me, like we've talked about this before. When you take a bunch of complicated medical problems into a doctor or a dentist and you say, hey, I have a bunch of things wrong with me. They're like, right. whoa, 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 lady. Whoa, right. whoa. First of all, are you sure it's not your period? Second of all, only one thing can be wrong with you at one time. And you then they will pick down. and choose whichever one thing they want to hyper focus on uh-huh. and then they will come up with a, a like hypothesis about what this thing is that's wrong with you to the uh-huh. exclusion of all the other things that are wrong with you yeah they will refuse to see these things as interconnected in any way right and then they will assign some kind of a solution to this like one weird thing that they've isolated that's wrong with you and what you will not tell these doctors over time because it's not worth it is that <laughs> that's great that you have this fun little idea about what's wrong with me and how to deal with it but the fact of the matter is you have like zoned in on like one piece of a very complicated puzzle here and your alleged solution to this contradicts the alleged solutions from every other person that i've seen who's a medical professional about this problem right and you're all insisting that you're all right and none of you have any overlap whatsoever <laughs> like and I think I mentioned this maybe in another podcast. Like it, it, when you go to a doctor, they presume epistemic superiority. They yes. presume that you know or they know a lot, lot more than you. And in fact, whatever they may have been taught in the objective hypothetical sense in medical school absolutely supersedes and trumps anything that you could have had as your direct experience in your own life. Yeah. So operating within that framework... <laughs> You go to these people and they're like, I'm smarter than you. Whatever you have to say is irrelevant. I'm going to pay attention to what I think is important here because you don't know what's important. You're just a patient. And I'm going to insist that I'm smarter than you. And then I'm going to give you a bunch of like really closed minded responses because I'm not even going to consider for a second that I might be wrong (laughs) or that what I'm saying isn't 100% totally accurate without Mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. Um, And like... (laughs) Uh, it's really frustrating Um, and it leads to like a huge runaround Um, I don't know like it's it's super dumb this is like and it's getting worse I think I just it's because like creative or critical thought critical thought and like lateral problem solving and like um, just problem solving in general is not something that they teach in medical school right right and well so if you so go to a doctor a hoping to have them solve your problem or like help you figure out what the problem is and then solve it, there's a really good chance you're going to the wrong type of person. Yeah. For that problem. Just one problem at a time, please. One problem at a time. Just one problem at a time. You can only uh, have one thing wrong with you at a time. Ask anybody with chronic illness if I'm right about this <laughs> and uh-huh. when they go to the like American healthcare system. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> i mean like they got so i mean i like it's super annoying when i go to the doctor because i have all of this neuropathy right like neuropathy is just like means that your nerves don't sense the way that they should when they're brand new because something happened to them and what happened to me is that i got an infection that like blew a bunch of them out and so i don't feel things the way that i should right and it leads to some complications some some they're minor if we are dealing with anything that's in the region of my body where this is a, a known issue, 
I can't like t- I hold off as long as I can on telling healthcare practitioners about this because right. as soon as I say, oh, I have neuropathy from like a prior infection, all bets are off. That's all they hear. Right. And everything that's wrong with me is attributable to that. Right. It can't be that that is wrong with me in addition to something else. It's it's this is all the same thing. And there's only one solution in the solution. Like, oh, and the other thing is I've been told so many times, like I have I have nerve pain from the nerve damage. Yeah. And it's pretty extensive. And I also have numbness and they don't understand how these two things can be th- true at the same time. Like it hurts and it's also numb. Like when you hit your funny bone. Yeah. Now you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, right. It's like numb and also painful at the same time. But right. that's what I feel. And I can't get this through to them. And so they're like, well, is it numb or is it painful? Well, yes. it's both. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I say things like uh, there hasn't been a whole lot that has helped with this over the past seven years. I haven't found a lot of relief from very much. And they're like, well, you should be on antidepressants. Like somehow it always yes. comes back to that. Yeah. Which like which interestingly speaking of antidepressants. Uh-huh. I'm getting there. Uh-huh. Keep going. <laughs> I had an yeah. ulterior motive for like this particular podcast. Yeah. Um so we were reading an interesting story today. You forwarded it to me and yes. um Yeah, I need all the it, credit for this. The man. You, right. And it's yeah, Ned Ned figured it out. Ned cracked Ned the case. Figured, Ned cracked the case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is about as accurate as attributing it to what they said in the article as well. Yes. <laughs> so um so this this uh article I'm scrolling back here. Um you sent it to me and you said, oh, for fuck's sake, this article says exactly what we have both been thinking for a long time. And it was published on SciTech Daily and it references uh, a big research study that says, and the headline says, scientists find no evidence that depression is caused by, quote, chemical imbalance, unquote, or low serotonin levels. Yes, yeah. And the thing that gives this away, like they're talking about this as if it's like this bombshell new study that revealed previously unknown things and changes our current established definitions and thus our established paradigms of all of this science. For instance, uh, your your quote where so directly from the article, many people take antidepressants because they have been led to believe that depression has a biochemical cause. But this new research suggests this belief is not grounded in evidence. And your comment on this is 100% correct, which is, no, this isn't new research. This is an analysis of existing research. Right. You haven't done new research to disprove or prove a thing. What you've done is gone back and looked to see that we have yet to prove any of this shit. Right. It was never true. There was never every evidence for it. This isn't changing anything. So I'd like to contrast that quote of that sentence, this new research suggests, mm-hmm. with the opening statement of this yes. article, which says, after decades of research, there remains no clear evidence that serotonin levels or serotonin activity are responsible for depression. Right. So, According to a comprehensive review of prior research. Right. And so I, you know, I like... It's just a meta-analysis of existing research. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. All they've done is collate all of the data that already exists and said, yep, it continues to be true that there's no evidence to support that depression is linked to 
or works with serotonin in any way. Right. What's frustrating about this is for me, this article raises two frustrating things. The yeah. first frustrating thing is that like people somehow think that this is new information and changes existing information in a way yes. that we all have to like respond to like, oh, we need to change our behavior because this is news. Right. Except it's like, no, the second infuriating thing is that what this does is reveal that this whole time all of you fuckers have been operating on zero evidence and telling people things that are demonstrably untrue. And like they say later in the article, it's really hard to prove the negative. But in this case, it's been 40 fucking years and there isn't a shred of evidence that what they're claiming is actually true and that what they're treating is actually treatable the way they're treating it and that the treatment is effective. Like none of that is none of that is true. And it never has been. Um, So like what what you and I have been saying is we are extremely skeptical of the approach that psychiatry takes to treating things like depression when it is insists that something like made up like oh you have chemical imbalances and that's why you're depressed okay motherfucker which fucking chemicals how where is the imbalance what are you measuring against as the standard how is that standard derived how many people is the standard derived from like there are no answers to any of these questions nor have there ever been And so they've been telling people what now we're all willing to apparently recognize finally is just a bald faced lie. Yep. About what depression is. And it says, you know, like further down, um, they say like, uh, Weak and inconsistent evidence suggestive of higher levels of serotonin activity in people with depression was found by studies on serotonin receptors and the serotonin transporter, the protein targeted by most antidepressants. However, the scientists say the findings are likely explained by the use of antidepressants among people diagnosed with depression since such effects were not reliably ruled out. Like, there's basically, the shorthand for that is like, well, uh, like, there wasn't a lot of good evidence that, like, people with depression had, like, higher levels of serotonin activity. But, like, you know, we just kind of fudge this stuff. And even though this is explainable by other totally reasonable phenomenon, we're just going to say it was because of this thing that because it makes it sound right. Um, <laughs> and, like, they... Uh, they, they basically did this huge meta-analysis and they say the findings together led the researchers to conclude that there is no support for the hypothesis that depression is caused by lowered serotonin activity or concentrations. Right. And they say that their findings are important because studies show that as many as 85 to 90 percent of the public de- believes that depression is caused by low serotonin or a chemical yes. imbalance. Because you know why? Because we've been hammered on this on every fucking television commercial since yes. the 1980s. And they're like, oh, is your serotonin boosting shit not working? Take this other shit that boosts serotonin on top of it. Then you'll feel more like yourself yourself. <laughs> yes. And it's like... What? They they said here too, the scientists also found evidence from a large meta-analysis that people who used antidepressants had lower levels of serotonin in their blood. And as someone who studied biology, this is me talking now, yeah. it seems to me that if you're pumping a bunch of shit from the outside world into your body, and that outside shit is something your body also produces endogenously, meaning internally, yes. then your body's going to be like, well, don't have to waste any biological energy making my own shit here since it's like flooding in in abundance from the outside yeah i'm always amazed at like people who are not people but like this kind of research where it's like we know about homeostasis this is like a core tenet of biology 
Right. So at the end of this paragraph, it says the researchers say this may imply that the increase in serotonin that some antidepressants produce in the short term yeah. could lead to compensatory changes in the brain that produce the opposite effect in the long term. Meaning yeah. your shit will stop making its own serotonin because it doesn't need to anymore. And if you withdraw it, your body will be like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I don't make that shit anymore. Right. And it'll take a and while. I mean, if you should recover, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be in yeah. the meantime. <laughs> in the meantime, fuck. Yeah. So while this uh, is, I, I have to say, like, I've always felt like depression with psychi, like treating depression with drugs, um, or it's always felt weird to me because, like, when I go see a therapist, I oftentimes I end up like they end up like being like, here, take these antidepressants. Yeah. And I'm always like, nah, because yeah. like I know why I'm sad. Right. Like I know what makes me feel happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, drugs for sure at times, but not those drugs and not for those reasons and not right. in that amount and not for that long and not in that sustained way. It's like it. it's it's like, yeah, I'm fucking depressed because shit's depressing. Right. They talk about that in here, too. They say, like, one interesting aspect in the studies we examined was how strong an effect adverse life events played in depression, suggesting low mood is a response to people's lives and cannot be boiled down to a simple chemical equation. Yes. Thousands of people suffer from the side effects of antidepressants, including the severe withdrawal effects that can occur when people try to stop them, yet prescription rates continue to rise. We believe this situation has been driven partly by the false belief that depression is due to a chemical imbalance. It's high time to inform the public that its belief is not grounded in science. I wonder if there's a link between, um, you know, because we have this like painkiller epidemic as well, mm -hmm. right? And I, a long time ago, I read this article about, they were saying that there was evidence to suggest that um, like Tylenol and Advil, I, Tylenol, I think it was, or maybe it was acetaminophen, um, uh -huh. aspirin. Aspirin's acetaminophen? Anyway. Tylenol is acetaminophen. Aspirin is, um, oh. Aceto something. A a acetic acid. No, acetic acid is acetic acid. You're, uh, acetic acid is like, like vinegar. Um. Oh, acetic acid is vinegar, isn't it? Hang yeah. on. What is aspirin? It's an acid. It's some kind of acid. Acetylsalicylic acid. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'd read this article or this like this research study that was saying that they'd found evidence that um, these these over the counter pain meds were yeah. effective at treating like certain levels of emotional pain like depression and things like that mm. for in in the short term like people could take and that makes a lot of sense to me yes because it it's does. like it's like oh like these drugs that we've had around for a long time like dull the senses right so it's like you don't have yeah. to feel as much and it's like yeah, yeah. like I, the reason i'm depressed is because what i feel feels bad mm -hmm. and instead of taking away what i feel and making putting something in place that feels good, the solution is for me to take this other drug that's not even a painkiller. And right. so I still like I'm not even sure how they show that they're effective in any way. I don't 
I don't know because no one's ever been able to produce that information to show. I mean, I've looked at study after study after study that compares the effectiveness of SSRIs and MAOIs and like tricyclic antidepressants against St. John's wort or nothing or fucking right. caffeine and exercise or, or intermittent fasting or placebo or like, yeah, literally like just compares and it's it they perform worse than placebo every fucking time right every time yeah and they and they have this like i mean bioethically i am super interested in this issue because i have also been like cornered by mental health practitioners who uh, like the first the first one I ever saw was a psychiatrist instead of a psychologist. And that was the mistake because if you right. go to, if you go to a cardiologist and you're like, Hey, can you tell me like why my elbow hurts? They're like, no, I'm a cardiologist. I want to talk about your heart. Right. And so if you go to a psychiatrist, you're like, hi, I want to talk about like my feelings and how I'm stressed out about some things. They're like, you have a chemical imbalance or otherwise, yes. why would you be here? So that's what I'm going to treat. Right. And then they send you away with drugs because right. like on one hand, I see like the obviousness of this, like, but what it omits is the fact that, Doctors think you're coming to them for a specific reason, including psychiatrists, and you may be going to them without a specific reason in mind because you're trying to figure out what the reason is that you need help. Right. You just know that you need help. And they're like, well, if you didn't come here for my kind of help, then I can't help you, and I'm not going to try and figure out what other type of help you need. I'm just going to do the thing I do and send you away because that's my job. Right. Right. And so, like I said, they're not, these are not like critical problem solvers. That's not what doctors are. They're like, I specialize. You come to me if you have my problem. I fix my problem. You go away. Like, right. they're not, they're not diagnosed. They don't do diagnostics. They do like treatments and there's like, that's shady too. Mm -hmm. So like, <clears throat> I mean, it just like people think they go to a doctor for a cure and there's just like no such thing as a cure. Right, really? Right. I mean, it's like this concept kind of like the fountain of youth. Like I could describe it, but that doesn't mean it exists. <laughs> right. You know? Yes. So like, I don't know. You just, you, I go to this psychiatrist, right? And I'm like, I, there were a number of things that, uh, looking back on this point in my life that more than explained what I was going through and how I was feeling. Sure. But just nobody wanted to acknowledge those things because they were really inconvenient for everybody. And so right. um, I was told within like 30 minutes of meeting this doctor and like speaking to them about my current mental health condition and like how I was really stressed out and, and feeling like very, like very overwhelmed, which um, she responded to by su suggesting that I take either Uh, Prozac, yes, or Zoloft, or Paxil, oh. all three of which were designed to do completely different things and right. work on completely different. And none of that's relevant because none of this is real. Uh -huh. And so, like, she tried to put me on all of this shit, and I was like, um, well, first of all, like, my willingness to go through with any more of this like session with you has completely disappeared and evaporated because you have just suggested to me that you want to treat me for something you haven't diagnosed yet with three completely different drugs for the same thing. Like you're a charlatan and I'm leaving. Right. Um, and like now I have a therapist who's great and like her job isn't to like prescribe things for me. Her job is to help me figure out where the trauma in my life is coming from and how to like deal with it and like keep living. So um, I have a question. Yeah. Like I how does one navigate I you know just by the luck of the draw I so far have not had 
any career choices where there's a lot of con- like there's a lot of controversy that like I feel wrapped up in around like my employment or like the things I've mm. like spent a lot of my time doing. So for instance, like I as a software developer, um, I'm already super critical of the industry, right? Like yeah. I don't know if I could be more um I think that I, I don't think it's like you know, like there's lots of gray area there, but I I don't feel like, oh, I've personally contributed to like the worst aspect of um or maybe in some ways I have. I mean, I've certainly worked for some companies, but I don't I I already know how I sit with that. But I'm imagining like, you know, like if you were a psychiatrist who has mm-hmm. been, you know, you have lots of patients where you've basically just been like you know, every patient you see, you're like, great. Well, we for sure put them on SSRIs or we put them on like, you know, these things and like, you know, just line it up and just stacking. And then like facing the reality of like, um, you know, this mounting body of evidence where it's like most of what you do doesn't work. Or like right. a better example would be like, um, like, like uh, chiropractic or like um, uh, what's the fucking needling um, acupuncture. acupuncture where it's like. There's just not, you know, you can spend a lot of your lifetime like working on this thing or like fucking Reiki or something like that where it's like there's been a lot of your life spent working on this thing and it's like it's not what you say. It's not what you thought it was. Right. And like most people, a reaction I see is that they just sort of dig in and like just move away Mm -hmm. from that opposition. Um, But like... Like... I yeah. mean, what's the right, like, I, I have a lot of empathy for that situation because, like, that's really difficult. Like, you've spent most of your life, like, working on this thing and, like, the foundation is shit. Well, here's my thing, right? Like, yeah. so in this in this article, um, it says co-author Dr. Mark Horowitz, a training psychiatrist and clinical research fellow in psychiatry at mm-hmm. UCL and NELFT, said... I had been taught that depression was caused by low serotonin in my psychiatry training and had even taught this to students in my own lectures. Being involved in this research was eye-opening and feels like everything I thought I knew has been flipped upside down. Right. If you are a fucking clinical research fellow in psychiatry at two different massive institutions and a meta-analysis, one single meta-analysis of everything that you were taught before suddenly changes your mind about everything. And this is like decades into your work. Yeah. You are egregious. You have been derelict in your fucking duty to your patients to be right about what you're saying. You have researched and then retaught what you know to be faulty information and ungrounded information to generations of future doctors. Fuck you. That is my official biomedical fucking opinion of you. But. You have perpetuated so much fucking harm. Yes. And it's all from shit that you like. It's not. But this is the thing. Like this guy's like, oh, well, this is what they told me. So that's what I believed. Like you didn't do it. You're a clinical researcher. Like if if you can't, oh my god! If you are as a clinical re- clinical researcher still claiming ignorance up to this point, shame on you. Shame on you. 
and shame on you for teaching all that shit to other people. You're like, I guess there's no evidence for this, but I'm just going to plow ahead because somebody told me to one time. But that's not what he's saying, right? Like he's saying that he's now having to reconsider that. But that's my point. All these people are claiming they have to reconsider this. But what are they reconsidering? There was no evidence for any of this yes, in the first I, place. No, I under I understand all of that. I'm I'm just saying like like okay, that's fine for you and I to like demonize these people and be like fuck you, you're doing life wrong. My point is that <laughs> you're overdoing like, it wrong. Yeah. My my point is is that where's the door for someone in that situation to like change direction and feel like like is there is it like their lot in life to just feel terrible about themselves or not which most people this is my point like there's no incentive like where's the door for people to get out in a way that like allows them to then have a, a better life and better view of themselves because you're not you but like in that situation, you're I, I I'm not surprised people choose to double down because their alternative is to accept the responsibility of it and be that like that their yep. whole career has been a fucking lie and that they've harmed people as a result. Yes. And so should they then continue to should they then go from a life of like, you know, I, I can continue this facade and do this thing and probably unharmed in my per- or not unharmed like do lots of harm or whatever but continue to do this thing make a living do my thing or i can shift tactics where not only do i then face the music so to speak and then just like live a life of like misery for the rest of the time knowing that i had done this horrible thing and like having no way to make amends and also like not be able to like live a life after that like there's got to be tons of things these people can do like for yes, example no, but first you're, of all yeah like my point is like you're saying it's like, fuck you, you're a terrible person for not realizing this sooner, you're an idiot. Fine, that may be true, but if they choose to then say, I'm acknowledging the new information mm-hmm. now that it's in my face, and you and I might agree that it's like, well, you should have fucking seen the 15 other signposts that went by over the last 15 years, but right. you didn't, and you saw this one, and now you're turning good job, is my point. Like, Here's my problem with this. Yeah. I'm going to quote Albert Einstein. Okay. A problem. The way the internet does or the way he actually said it? No, like the way he actually said things. Okay. A problem cannot be solved by the same level of consciousness that created it. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. I'm more just thinking from a human point of view, like, like... I I'm not in the realm of like okay garbage just goes with garbage and we're just going to like have like a burning pit of fire that we throw the useless humans into that we've determined like who determines that like there's lots of gray area my point is like as an individual experience if you find yourself in this situation what is one to do and where are the good choices because you've as you've demonstrated like there's going to be somebody standing on the other side of that being like fuck you you caused all this harm and I don't believe you that you you know like yes they were ignorant and they were dumb and i'm not trying to defend them like i'm trying Mm -hmm. to like what i'm trying to say is like what life does a person have there like what choices do they have that's not doubling down like where like where's the incentive to not just fucking double down and make it you can just say oh my god we were wrong how do we fix it yes 
I agree with you. Like, seriously, be a fucking professional. Like, oh my gosh, some medical harm has been perpetrated. Like, the entire, if we're going to fall short of claiming that the entire field of psychiatry at this point is basically like a giant gaslighting festival of lies, like, I mean, I, like, but I, isn't I, that what this person is saying? I mean, he's saying our view is that patients should not be told that depression is caused by low serotonin or chemical imbalance. Right. So, so is that not saying we were wrong and we're changing our we're changing our stance? Well, I mean, that's one person saying that's what people yes, ought to yes, do. Yes, right. And that's what I'm asking about. Not like I, I get that there's a fucking mountain of momentum <laughs> that needs to be. Like, you know, psychology has a lot of work ahead of it um as does everything like you know western medicine is not perfect it's the best we have but it's not perfect by a long shot yeah it's terrible i mean barbaric and fucking cutting and like you know like the fact that we've like basically refined the process of tra- tray panning or whatever it's called where you just like bleed oh, like yes. cut holes in people's cells hole like, yeah now, now i mean we still cut people open but now we're a little more effective about it you know <laughs> like it's right. not like you know and and you know there may be no way of getting around do you know yeah. that they did lobotomies through your eye yes oh yeah fucked up right uh, yeah <laughs> like oh that's a good place to get in there yeah anyway so yeah i guess i mean i i think i i think i know what you're getting at here yeah i mean i i don't know like i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about like i'm not an expert in any of this like that we're talking about here i'm just i'm just wondering about that like i just think about um how like i think what you're saying about it's like okay like like einstein's quote where it's like the the like the level of consciousness that caused the problem is not going to also solve the problem right understood um, and, I, but I think about that and I'm like, right, like I cause problems in my own life all the time. <laughs> like, but like the thing that like drives me nuts about this is there's like, yeah. think about, so if I go to a doctor yes. and they decide that there's something wrong with me and then they treat me for it and that treatment has side effects and then it turns out that what was wrong with me wasn't the thing that they were treating me for. And I've har- I've been harmed because of this. Yeah. Like in this case, they're claiming that there was something wrong that wasn't and then they were treating it with like medicine that biologically and chemically alters you and so what they've essentially done is because there's no evidence that a chemical imbalance is even a thing they have unnecessarily medicated like so okay so i mean unfathomable numbers of people here yes right and and potentially caused quite a lot of harm understood Ah. i i think that there's a couple of things for me personally that i think about when you bring that up and i don't you know help me out like i don't know if this is clear thinking or not but i think about um i I think that it matters why of course so oh my god the why is very important so for me it's like if i go see you know i'm standing somewhere and i'm like ow i have a pain in my foot and i go see my neighbor who mm-hmm. I've known to help other people with pain. Yeah. And my neighbor is like, I think we should hit it with a hammer. And he fucking smashes my foot. And now my foot's all fucked up and it hurts even more. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So in that situation, the why matters because the why might be that it's like 
his only incentive is to help me. That neighbor or her, like it doesn't matter, this person mm-hmm. that lives next to me, they've helped lots of people before, they've had pretty good success rate, and their incentive to help people is because it, it it's socially rewarded, right? Like they're like, I, I want you to do well because you matter to me. Like it's, you know, this, like we have this social network, it's like I fucking grow the corn that they eat or whatever. But, um, right. but then you get, to this like super abstract level like where we live now where it's like those doctors like you go see a you go see your neighbor doctor who yeah. is like i mean they're not your neighbor but they live in your town like they're your you know they're your neighbor so to local. speak in this yeah. they're yeah. local and and they might be very feeling very altruistic and like i want to help this person and do the best they can and their and the information they've been given is all there to you know, for them to evaluate and they're doing the best they can with what they have. But the only thing they have is this fucking hammer thing where they like smash people's feet. And like every once in a while it works well because the, you know, the solution to their pain was smashing their foot. But the rest of the time it's like pretty horrible because all this pain, but it turns out that the person selling the hammers is the one who's actually incentivizing all of this because they're like, I'm making lots of money because I sell fucking a lot Mm -hmm. of hammers because you got to use a new hammer every foot you smash or whatever the fuck it is. So my point is, is that like as these systems get more complex, like in the example of my neighbor where it's like pretty clear, it's like I'm trading corn and they're they're My survival and ability to farm corn is very much their survival like there's a very fundamental level this isn't even like the like all there's our a direct needs. connection it's a direct connection where it's like you know their survival is dependent on my survival and my survival is dependent on them you know being mm-hmm. able to fucking cure my foot with a hammer apparently or whatever but, yeah um <laughs> but my point is is that as it gets more abstract and there becomes the sort of the middleman and now that person's like oh well i can make a lot of money if I just sell more hammers and so I need to incentivize the doctors to use hammers as a solution and so one of the ways I can do that is provide all this evidence for how great it is and how it works which is what you have with the like the US drug companies right like there's mm-hmm. a lot of incentive for them to publish articles that promote their drug and make big sales like I see it all the time a friend of mine works in the industry and like he's constantly like you know trying to push these new drug things and do all these right. things and it's just like I don't know that this is such great science. Like, you know, I mean, I, I get why he wants to do it. He's like, I want to make a living and like have some money in my life and like get on with my life. Like, you know, yeah. he's not looking too hard at the ethics of it. He's just like, this is what's happening. That's what I'm doing. You know, tries. I mean, you know, he's not like, he's not necessarily evil in the sense that he's like, it's like, that is the, that is the whole fucking industry, right? Like, it's just mm-hmm. the way it works is like, you have papers that show that your drug works well. And so if you don't, you're fucking out and you just drop whatever that thing is and you don't even bother with the rest of it. And so right. we don't get like we already don't get a lot of papers published that show like negative results where they're like, hey, we had this hypothesis and it failed horrible. And here's all the right. methods we used and here's how none of it worked. And here's how none yep. of this drug does anything we said. And here's how we did it. None of that. You don't right. even waste time on it. So all the papers are like, here's how great this thing is at doing this thing. Mm hmm. Right, and because you you're that. only selecting for things with positive results. And it's right. like there's value in knowing where shit didn't work. A huge amount of value. Like we learn from our failures and it's harder and harder to learn from your failures when the failures are being swept under the rug because they haven't been incentivized in a profit way. Right. Yes, it's really it's really problematic. I mean, like I 
when I, I think mean, that's of, what I think. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, like, that's my speculation about the. Well, the, even still, there's like, a, there's a huge, we've talked about this before too. There's a huge replication problem. So even the shit that does look good on paper, when it gets through half the time, nobody can get it to work the way they said it worked. Right. And there's nobody running around whose job, like, what's your job? Oh, I largely pointlessly go through papers and yeah. recreate the conditions that somebody already right. knows works somewhere, assuming that they actually did work and that the science we have that runs our lives is not total junk. I was talking to uh, someone I know recently about like, oh, you know, well, what, like, what, what are we all fucking doing here? Like, what is the meaning of anything? I'm like, I don't think there is. I don't think there's a meaning. I think that most of what we're doing is just a colossal waste of time. Right. Because when you strip it down, what you end up with is like food, water, shelter. Mm-hmm. And like nothing that we're doing is really changing that at all. Right. We're just spending a lot of time building like really complicated, pointless shit. It's not stopping us from dying. It's not curing our diseases. It's not making life that much better for people who, for whom life does get better. They're getting better because they're in a tiny little bubble where their problems are externalized to people they're paying to deal with them. And like everybody else is suffering tremendously. I feel like we've, we've, we've sort of reached like some kind of local peak when we hit cryptocurrency where it's like, we're going to, we're going to compute for computing sake and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember I knew a guy <laughs> who got fired from a company because he was using he'd set up um were you, are you familiar with the SETI at home project? Yes. So he'd set up the SETI at home project on some computers at work so that in the evening I worked with went someone home, who did this. And and the SETI if you're not familiar with the SETI at home, the SETI at home is a search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Now it, as kooky as it sounds, what they were doing was a very methodical approach to it. What they were doing yeah. was basically processing lots of, um, <clears throat> I believe it was like radio signal data that had been collected through radio astronomy and various things. And they were just mm -hmm. basically doing a lot of signal processing on real world data and analyzing it with like real world algorithms looking for you know, non-natural existing signals. But I think sure. I think there was some other data that came out of it. But anyway, it was a real world thing and they were using, and the way it worked was that they would use idle computer time, like people's desktops, and you would consent to it. You'd be like, it was like a screensaver. So basically when your computer yeah. went to sleep, instead of going to sleep, it would slowly it would chunk through this data. data. It would connect it over the internet. And this guy got fired for it because the owner, like I felt like, I, I felt like firing was like, pretty egregious considering what it was the owner treated it like it was this huge breach of security and blah 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 oh and under like that's kind of understandable but also like a re an overreaction it felt like an overreaction because it was like this is like a mom and pop shot like i i don't want to get into it anyway it doesn't matter um yeah I forget why I was saying that. It's not oh. like you were installing TikTok on all your fucking work computers. And no, but also it wasn't like, like there wasn't malicious intent. He was just like, yeah. oh, hey, like I'm going to do this thing. And like, I feel like a little bit more of like, hey, that doesn't work for us. That's against our company policy for lots of reasons. Understandably, because it, you know, yeah. uses up bandwidth at the time when that was sure, expensive. It's just kind of generally the, inappropriate, like, yeah, you know, unless it's right. your company and yes, you don't mind. Exactly. But like taking liberties with like company sure. equipment to for a personal pursuit that you don't like okay with anybody for yes. seems kind of yes. like indefensible, frankly. Right, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. But also, you know, from my point of view, it's like 
I, anyway um yeah i mean, I, mean like, I i'm not is, opposed to it i'm just saying like yeah no i mean there's also like early days of internet where i'm just like oh, yeah. i just feel like a little understanding of me like hey buddy like let's get clear on this about who owns right. the equipment and what it's to be used for and why this is a problem but right. um and i don't know i wasn't there for the whole you know i just heard like through rumor but um or hearsay through the guy yeah. who did the firing, which is why I was like, oh, the way you talk about this makes me think you mm-hmm. way overreacted to something that you just didn't understand. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like there was a point to that. Um, well, he was using SETI on the work computers and yeah. it was like processing in the background. Oh, false. Uh, what were we talking about? Like false data or? Yes. I don't remember now. I, I don't remember. Um, well, you were saying that they were analyzing real world data. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were analyzing real world data. Uh, yeah. Yes. But I can't remember what the point of that was. Oh, well. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway. It's, we have we have. Uh, oh, we were, I, I think we, we got here talking about like the the uh, not the, the nature of, the, of research science and all of those things where it's like. Yeah. 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 Um, well, anyway, I, I feel like there was a like. If somebody's listening this long, still wondering if I'm going to talk about driving in Germany, I am because I know that I made a promise about we'd get to that. So I just want to talk a little bit about driving in Germany. Yes. And that can be the end, like, the, I don't know what we call it, the end spot. And then we'll um, <laughs> we'll wrap up and we'll tell you all about our, you know, how great we are. Um, so yes. driving in Germany is really cool. Like, it's very interesting how they... Um, so... I drove from Austria to Dusseldorf, or the border of Austria and Germany to Dusseldorf. Um, I can't remember the name of the town right now, but it's irrelevant. I drove mostly on... So I want to go back a little bit more backer. Okay. I remember when I was a kid learning about, quote, the Autobahn. And in my mind, it was this stretch of road that you could drive on at any speed you wanted to. So that is true. That is what the Autobahn is. But really, the Autobahn is just like... There are like in the states, like we have, you know, we have surface streets and we have freeways and highways, right? So the autobahn is basically like the freeways and highways. So, you know, the autobahn is not like a singular thing; it's just stretches of road that are considered part of the autobahn, which is like this network of like highways that connect all over the country. And um, and the way the speed limit works is pretty interesting. Basically. Um, lots of parts of the Autobahn will have a speed limit in place because that's there because there's lots of exits, there's lots of traffic, you know, changes and stuff. But then when there's long stretches of the road where there's really no real hazard, then the speed is unlimited. Um, now, there's a limit in the sense that, like, you're responsible for your car and for the safety of others around you while you're driving. And so if you're exceeding that and driving, like it's kind of like the way in the U S we have all these laws, but then we have to make specific laws because we don't enforce the sort of like the common sense law sort of idea where it's like the reckless driving law where it's like, you don't really need to have like um, driving while intoxicated laws because you can just be like that motherfucker was driving reckless and he was drunk as fuck. So fuck that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we we have some of these laws in place where it's like, don't be a public nuisance, you know. Um, But I guess I guess here anyway, they they have these unlimited speed zones where Mm -hmm. you can just drive as fast as you want. And sometimes um, those zones are just like open ended in the sense that 
you know, you're driving along at like, you know, it might be like 120 kilometers an hour, which I think is about 65, 70, 75, maybe, maybe 80. I don't know. Um, and then <laughs> there'll just be a sign that has these three slashes through it, which indicates that now it's just open and you can drive as fast as you want. And for the most part, most people drive a sensible speed and occasionally somebody in a fucking Porsche goes blazing past you at 200 miles an hour, 180 <laughs> miles an hour, whatever, you know, their top speed yeah. is. And it's fucking amazing, right? Because it's Woo! like, yeah, like, um, but also driving here, I found was actually pretty easy. Like the flow of traffic is very, um, but like I said, people really follow rules here. So it's like when the speed limit slows down, you fucking slow down and everybody slows down and everybody kind of does what you expect them to do. And it's mm -hmm. and also I noticed that the speed limits were always very um, like when a speed sign came up, like when I went from like unlimited speed to some regulated speed, whether it was like 120, 80, you know, whatever kilometers an hour. Um, by the time that sign showed up and I was slowing down to that speed, I was like, well, this makes sense for this area, this turn or this thing that we're doing. Like, why would you drive any faster than this? None of the speeds feel arbitrary. They always feel very much like this is the safe speed here now. And you're like, yes. yep, yes, it is. <laughs> yep, Agreed. seems right. <laughs> Whereas like in the States, like sometimes you go through a turn and it's like the suggested speed is like 35 and like everybody's doing 80 because it's like not a turn. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a, there's a tunnel in Minneapolis called the Lowry Tunnel. Yes. And it's like this big long curve and they have the solid white lines. Like once you're in a lane, you're not yeah, supposed like to deviate from the right. lane. And like yep. all of this makes a lot of sense. And the speed limit, even though it's a major freeway, it's I-94 straight through the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. The speed limit dips down to 35 through the tunnel because it's like treacherous. And if there's yeah. an accident in a tunnel, you have to worry about fires and fire sucking right. out all the oxygen and everybody is asphyxiating and being really bad. And you can't get in there to help people because it's a tunnel and everybody's blockaded and all this stuff. Right. Uh -huh. So it makes sense. But I've taken that tunnel at like 95. <laughs> Of course you have, yes. <laughs> sure. You have to do it when no one's around. Right, right. Yeah. I haven't done this in decades. Sure. I yeah. now have a healthy fear. Yes. Of yeah. dying in a terrible car wreck. Right. But at the time it was great, fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I mean, tunnels are fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I, that's, uh, I think I've, I... I think I met all the promises I made in the earlier part of that story. I'm so Probably glad not. that you met your Autobahn obligations. My Autobahn obligations. Anyway, yeah. So the Autobahn isn't a stretch of road. It's many different roads. And uh, it's it's both as cool as you think and also just like, nah, it's fine. It's very it's much like driving in California where <laughs> it's like, yeah, the roads are posted 75, but people are doing 120. Like it's, you know. Yeah. It's like that, but like people aren't getting speeding tickets for them. That's great. So. I mean, it seems like yeah. if we could just embrace this instead of like trying to smash everybody into a 55 mile an hour box. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, driving. Things driving is complicated. Yeah. I, I also know that their um, their requirements for getting a license here are much more stringent. Like it's a mm -hmm. it's driving. Driving school here is like a big deal. Like people drive here. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah. it's not like, you know, well, you're 16 now. Go fucking get your license on a Saturday and like come back By here default. And... You've aged out of not yeah. driving. <laughs> yes. You've aged out of not driving. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, well, have a great, uh, have a great time 
how much longer are you in Germany for? Uh, for another 20 days. So So we're totally going to do more podcasts before oh, you leave. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even like I'm thinking, so this weekend I'm going to Switzerland with my friend. He's going paragliding. I'm going to take Where the in Switzerland? Um, I don't know, but I will tell you when we get there. He told me several times and I'm just like, I'm on vacation. I don't know. I'll show up and take photos and then I'll tell you about it. <laughs> my people are in Basel. Oh, it's near Basel. Shut the front door. I'm going to I know Basel's part of it cuz that's where he's flying out of. Um oh, so fucking a. I'm going to go down there and then we'll spend the weekend. He'll be paragliding and I'll come like hike in the Alps and stuff and then on the Monday I'll go drop him off to get on his flight to fly and I will then take the dogs and myself and the car back here to Dusseldorf and hang out here in Dusseldorf. How long is the drive? Um I think it's like f- I feel like we're doing 7 hours tomorrow. Mm, not six six i think it's six it's not too far i it's weird you have to go over a mountain range to get there i think so well we're gonna go to a mountain range like we're basically gonna go to the mountains and then we'll probably drive a little bit in the mountains but um Mm. yeah uh i don't know i'll i will look at it and find out more about it tomorrow that's so cool tell me all about it later i will absolutely so uh thank you everybody for listening uh once again this is feature creep colon built-in microwave Email us or email Dana, D-A-N-A, at fcbm.io and let us know what you think, um, your thoughts, dreams, desires, hatreds of your mean internet comments since we don't have a, since we don't have a comment section. That's, that's the comment section. Um, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know. Am I forgetting to say anything else? I feel like. I don't think so. Yeah. If you're on SSRIs, talk to your doctor about getting off of them because they're not doing anything and they're probably harming you. Yes. Or, you know, um just i don't know i it's complicated for me because it's like well yeah i it clearly the evidence suggests that ssris are not doing anything so um and that's not that's not because we went this read this one article we can even be super generous about this we can say some what is true there is no positive evidence affirming the efficacy of ssris for the treatment of depression but there is a litany of harmful side effects to those drugs yeah i mean basically i think what we're saying is like if you're experiencing a lot of side effects and you you're hoping that at some point it's going to work and it's been a couple months like it's you know take a hard left here and and maybe see about some other options Mm -hmm. um well okay so also we quoted from um from a article written by scitech daily uh, yes. However, um, so the, the nature.com article is yes. from, was published uh, 20th of July, 2022. So very recently, about seven days ago. Um, right. And this article is, you can read the abstract. Actually, you can read the whole article on nature.com. Um, and so the title of the article is The Serotonin Theory of Depression, colon, I love a good colon, colon a, system, a, systemic, uh, sorry, a systematic umbrella review of the evidence. And then you can, um, you know, skim through the abstract. Uh, if you're, if you have some scientific understanding, it's great. If you don't, and you'd like to find somebody or do a little googling or email us, and we'd, you know, love to like. If you're like, I want to hear more about this, and I have these questions, um, we could write more about it and try to find out more information. Uh, yeah. But um, the article itself, the actual published article, uh, has a good discussion. Um, and that's probably, 
I would say maybe reading the abstract and the discussion will be more insightful because you can skip over some of the like more detailed parts of the um, like, you know, the nitty gritty stuff mm -hmm. if, the, if that's a lot of interest to you or is kind of not where you want to be spending most of your time thinking. But um, anyway, uh, the discussion is I'm skimming through it now is pretty insightful. It definitely is mostly written in layman terms like it references a couple of uh, methods and various approaches they use to the meta-analysis, but um, you can still get qu quite the gist of what the authors are suggesting with this with this review. So, anyway, yeah. um, I don't know. That's what I got. That's what I got too. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> apparently, still wash your hands. Consider wearing a mask yes. more often than not when you can. You know. Yeah. Um, or just get vaccinated to start with. Well, yeah, get vaccinated to start with. Like the initial vaccine is really important. The boosters, yep. I'm really on the fence about for uh, a number of reasons, but we won't get into it now because we're at the end of a conversation. Yes, fair, fair. Um, anyway, uh, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, yeah. be, be conscious and, you know, keep your eyes open, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Or don't. <laughs> take a nap. I want to take a nap. It's late. Close your eyes when you want to sleep. That's a good Oh, plan. my God. Do you know about napping, too? No, what? it's terrible for you. They've found like they're doing like big, big studies of napping too, and like meta analyses, uh -huh. and they're finding that um, people who nap regularly during the day have yes. higher blood pressure and way higher incidences of dementia later in life. Interesting. And they're thinking that a lot of dementias are caused by vascular changes in the brain. So if mm -hmm. napping gives you high blood pressure, it stands to reason that a lifetime of high blood pressure from adult napping during the day would lead to dementia if dementia is caused by vascular changes in the brain. So, okay, well, this is this is clearly a whole other <laughs> podcast. We will have to get into it. Um, okay. Next time. Next time. Next time on, well, I'm pretty sure next time on Feature Creep. Until you hear from us again, don't yeah. sleep. Don't sleep. Just and keep your completely eyes open avoid your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> this is great health advice. This, this is going great really well. Don't do that. Don't Let's avoid just, your doctor. Yeah, don't do that. Um, actually, make your own decisions. Make uh, your own decisions. Don't nap if you're tired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely if you're tired, try to sleep because sleep is important <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> Getting I love good. how this is just turning into a grab bag of random <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. And another thing, when you're picking your nose. <laughs> make sure it doesn't come out your ear. Yeah, make sure it doesn't come out your ear. Don't. Plug your ear if you're going to blow your nose. <laughs> if you're blow your nose. Just, no, but seriously, like, uh, if your ear hurts, definitely go to a doctor, right. go to an ENT and get it looked at and make Preferably sure that it's Preferably a German infected. one in Germany if you can get it. Yes, if you can get it. Yeah, yeah, definitely somewhere with a better medical system than the U.S. But also go to the doctor in the U.S. if you can. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, I think that's my biggest fucking peeve about the whole fucking thing in the U.S. is like the worst part is I have no idea how much it's actually going to cost me. Like they took my insurance yeah. card, but like I'm going to get a bill sometime in the mail after having gone to the like I'll bet you anything my emergency visit with the like lackluster treatment is going to be way more than my experience over here. Oh, yeah. They're going to be like, uh, your insurance doesn't cover emergency room visits for something that you should have known to go to a doctor yes, for before. Exactly, and then they're going right? to be like, that'll be $988. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad I didn't show up in the uh, in the, in the the <laughs> ambulance to get there. Um, oh, can I also just say, like, yeah. it is very funny navigating a system where you don't speak the language. Like, I speak a little bit of... Um, german like i'm uh -huh. getting better like every time i come here i like 
get all into the apps and like do the like journey like duolingo <laughs> or whatever and like yeah. listen to stuff to try to like and um and it's great and but like trying to navigate the medical system where it's like most people speak english but there was this one Ooh. guy who didn't speak very much english and he was so sweet he was like really patient with me <laughs> but um ev- eventually this woman got up this other patient she's like i would like to translate for you and so she like <laughs> translated and then he was like all smiles and he's like oh this is what you want you know and he was a very it was very helpful but it was just like and also they keep talking about like the ambulance but I think what they mean is like ambulatory, like you walked in, not you came oh, in an ambulance. Yes, right. Sure. Um, anyway, it's a very it's uh, anyway. So that's very funny. Okay. I I imagine like all sorts of funny m- malapreps and mishaps yeah. coming from your like. Visit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so to so to recap, you saw a German ENT in the trunk of a car on the autobahn, and now uh-huh. everything is fine, and you, you can hear again. Yes. yes. Great. <laughs> Sounds like a great vacation. Right. In the Except you're working on the whole Autobahn. time. Except at work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I'm actually, I am taking actual time off from work. Um, Are you next, really? Yeah. In a week or so. That's my friend, Ryan. That <laughs> Hello, That's Ryan. Meg. Yeah. The, my <laughs> slumlord. Is he just kind of the, the slumlord you're sure no, my you're, slumlord uh, yeah your not slumlord, just the slumlord the slumlord your yeah. slumlord who you are transporting across uh international boundaries international boundaries yes to an awaiting yep. plane in switzerland yes exactly yeah. <laughs> depending on how you describe our lives they get really interesting or like not so interesting you know? <laughs> right it's all a matter it's of all in how you tell the tale right yeah, yeah. cool all right sweet uh okay thanks glad my arms in socket so i can hold a mic and your ear hears again so we can do podcasts yes 100 percent um all right good job everybody good job